Welcome to the Bar Variations Podcast. Go behind the bar with me, your host, Michelle Duvall. As I interview leaders in the industry, we'll talk about how bar impacts their lives, what's inspiring them today, and take the conversations that usually stay in the studio out into the community. Grab a seat because there's plenty of room at the bar. Welcome to episode three, everyone. On today's episode, I'll be talking about owning it and what that means. You will also hear my interview with Kelly Wackerman and Pamela Kennedy of The London Method. Also, I share my trip to England where I met Esther Fairfax, daughter of Lottie Burke. Before I dive in, let's talk about last episode's community question. So for those that you that don't remember or haven't listened to last episode, the question was, what stories are holding you back? I've gotten various responses on this and I know that we can all relate to them, but when I sat down to compile them and share them with you guys on today's episode, I found that there was an overarching theme to each one. Each story had the same fear of not being enough, quote unquote enough, whether that is not having enough experience, enough knowledge, enough time, enough support. Each story that you guys shared with me had the same through line of this fear-based story of, I am not enough. So we've all heard the affirmation, I am enough. I love this affirmation and quite often repeat it to myself as well. It is a great way to get through what I think is like the first gate past this fear, right? That's like step one is this mantra for me. It allows me to meet myself where I am in that moment. And then when this thought crops up, I can use this to quiet it down. So it's, for me, it's about recognizing the thought and then moving on without self-judgment. So last episode, I did share a lot about my not enough story and how that was blocking me. So if you want the inside scoop on all of my fears, go check it out. I'm only joking a little bit. Not all my fears, just that one. I do have this crazy fear of heights sidebar. I didn't think it was that crazy until one day I was hiking and I froze on the side of a canyon and could not stop laughing hysterically. I wouldn't let anyone come near me to help. I was just paralyzed. So I know my limits. (laughs) Anyways, so that was like a little, another fear for you that I have. So I scratched the surface on the next part of this fear in episode two as well. I then came up against the question. So, you know, getting through this gate number one, I came up against the question of, well, what happens when enough isn't enough anymore. So I feel like my second gate, or like I like to think of this second step through unblocking this fear was not feeling like I deserved more than just enough, right? So to truly move past this fear, I had to own my confidence and accept abundance to let in that feeling of enough and then feeling, okay, like I have enough, but do I deserve more than just enough? So now my ego initially went into overdrive when I first heard this statement too, like, oh my God, owning my confidence, accepting abundance. So if that's you, I totally, totally get it. My mentor and friend, uh, Jenna Savino, introduced me to the work of Gabby Bernstein. And while signing up for Gabby's email list, I saw that she was offering this free course of owning your confidence. 
you know, again, it was a little trigger for me at first. I always felt that if I was too confident, I would be judged for being fake, conceited, annoying, and quite frankly, full of myself. So I wanted to be confident enough, but not too confident where I was kind of bitch. So if you hear me, I'd stay with me. Yeah, I was, I was there too. So, I mean, saying it out loud sounds just as bad as it was in my head. So I was really holding myself back from my fullest potential because of this self-judgment, thinking that I just had to be enough. And, you know, I worked uh, through Gabby's offering and kind of moved on to some of her other deeper work. And I unpacked the stories that were holding me back and I moved towards being more non-judgmental towards myself and and others, but I always judge myself way, 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 way more and usually exclusively myself than others. So the more I can celebrate myself, I'm able to own it and accept abundance into my life. Okay, so what is what does abundance mean, right? It can mean many, many things and it can mean money, love, support, joy, et cetera, et cetera. Another way to describe this is to feel fulfilled and open to more fulfillment. The more I allow into my life, the more I can give back. Or the more money I make, the more offerings I can give. Or the more love that I accept, the more love I can share. And the more support I am open to, the more support I can lend. The affirmation that helps me best bust through this um, not being fear and and affirms that I can get more, right? So this affirmation that I'll share with you now is kind of how I work through being enough and then being okay with accepting more. And it is, I am enough and I am worthy of abundance. So own it. Own the awesome talents and unique gifts that you have. Celebrate the small wins as well as the big wins and give yourself some appreciation. We can all like sit here right now. You can join me. Pat yourself on the back because you're doing it. You're doing great. And I know another like weird dance theatery quote that you might be familiar with and it's fake it until you make it. Now, I don't love this one because you don't have to fake it. You just tell yourself that the fear stories... I'm not enough is simply untrue. The self-judgment is not a true story. Recognize that and choose to be different. Choose confidence. Not always easy. I get it. I get it. But using some affirmations can help quiet down all that ego talk. So to celebrate ourselves, this week's community question is, What are some of your unique talents as a teacher? Okay, and we can share those on the next episode. And you can share them by emailing me your answer at info at barvariations.com. I will also share the question in the show notes. Email me your unique talents as a teacher. And so on on the next episode, we can celebrate those together and own it and feel good about it because we're rocking it, right? <laughs> we are totally rocking it. All right, so I want you this to be like my segue for somebody who really owns it and rocks it. And that brings me to meeting the fiercest diva in our industry, Esther Fairfax. I met Esther because 
because of the London girls, uh, the London Method girls, Kelly and Pam, who you will hear from in just a little bit. They actually gave me the confidence to contact Esther, which actually ended up being her son. It wasn't her. It was so adorable emailing back and forth um, and her answers through him. It was just very, very sweet and charming. And that confidence led me to experience the original bar method created by her mother, Lottie Burke. So after I did the interview with Kelly and Pam, I read Esther's book, My Improper Mother and Me. So my improper is the right word, <laughs> and maybe even an understatement uh, in the context of the book. So to get the full scope of Esther's story, I suggest that you read it. It is very entertaining, very insightful, and Esther's journey has been full of life in all ways, and her resilience, joy for life, and her strong sense of purpose like shines through. So I read the book to have some background on, on the woman that I would be meeting, and so I'd be prepared to ask her questions that were beyond just her mother and just the exercises in general. So I had already booked a trip to see my family in England, and while I was there, I made a date to go take class with Esther and stay a little to chat. So a side note, my sister lives there with her husband and my nieces, and this was also the first time I would be driving on the left-hand side of the road because... You know, our fam my family is growing a little bit bigger. We can't all fit in one car anymore. So on a rainy Tuesday morning, I drove to Esther's house. Thank God. It was not the first day I was driving there. I was already like five days in, so I had some practice. But it was raining. It was foggy. It was classic England weather. And I drove down to Esther's home studio to take class with her. And it took way longer than expected, but I looked at it as more practice going around the roundabouts. Now, I drove into this very small town. Esther lives in Hungerford, and for anybody that has been to England, you know that the whole country is pretty much made up of small towns, little city small towns, villages. I can't even say town, right? It's villages. But for me, this was the smallest that I have been, uh, that I've seen, actually, while I've, I've been there, and um, it's been going a while, and this was the very cutest small town that I've seen. And I love England for this, the farms, the green, and as my sister would say, all the old shit, excuse my language, but direct quote from her. <laughs> so my directions weren't that clear. I didn't write them down well enough, and so I ended up ringing the bell at the wrong house. I'm like, oh man, I'm walking up and down the street, and all of a sudden I hear a voice calling me, and I was greeted by Esther, who was standing in her doorway with her signature bob hairstyle, beautiful white hair, and this long zebra printed housecoat. Fab. Absolutely fab. I was psyched. I was like, yes, she is just tall, elegant. And I say tall because she's taller than me. Not that much taller. So, But she just stands very statuesque. And Esther welcomed me into her home and showed me her studio. She also informed me that only two others would be joining us that day, and they were the newbies, as they called themselves, which meant they only started five years ago compared to 50, 50 years, like some of her stu other students. And Esther explained that her ballet bars, so she took me into the studio, and she's showing me around, and she started explaining why the ballet bars had a flat top. And it was because she wanted them to look like shelves. She had some artwork in the room, and she wanted it to look 
not like a ballet bar, but more of a gallery. And because her studio doubles as a sitting room and she started remarking on how they didn't actually function as shelves. So now they just looked kind of silly. And so we kind of laughed about it. And I told her they don't look silly. I love that idea of being a New Yorker. Always I'm trying to maximize space and hey, they could at least hold up a water bottle. So we had a little giggle over her um, ballet bar shelf contraption. It was great. And after our, my mini tour, um, my memory bur- blurs a little bit um, of like what we talked about pre and post workout. So I'll leave a lot of the, that stuff kind of to the end, like her little gems that she gave me. So class begins, and like all her classes, we started facing each other in a circle. And you'll hear uh, the London Method girls talk about this later. The ladies were very, very kind to me and started asking me and taking interest in, um, you know, why I was there. And, you know, they informed me, like many others, like taking this pilgrimage to experience the original method and starting facing each other and feeling welcomed into this tight-knit community. I was an outsider, right? And they were very, very welcoming to me. No, no errors whatsoever. So throughout the class, uh, stories were shared, updates on recent travels from the other ladies. And all the while we moved, we laughed, the music played in the background. It was so fun. And so, okay, for this next one, for all my Brits, I apologize in advance, but when Esther, uh, she has a very cheeky and witty sense of humor and just like her mother Lottie Burke did or so I'm you know I'm told and I could not stop laughing so excuse me again but Esther kept using the word fanny and I just could not stop laughing I was stifling it and my inner uh, child came out because I remember swapping slang words with my sister as we were kids like do you know what this means do you know what this means so for my non-British friends you know, apologies if you don't know what this word means, but go look it up. I don't want to offend anybody on this podcast. I probably already did by using that word, so excuse me. (laughs) Anyways, so Esther would rhyme instead of counting, and she had exercise named after these famous people that she had met over the years, and we would shout out their names in homage almost, and it's just, for me, it was just joyous number one and also a throwback to my dance university days and learning from a master who truly embodies a specific error the modern ballet training is deeply infused in these exercises and it this is probably what sparked my dance memories you know the bar work and the floor work and but most of all the sense of community and the love for movement was very apparent and it was just having so 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 much fun I think I laughed more in that workout than I laughed ever. It was just her flair and her just way about her was just absolutely fabulous. And post-workout, I had the opportunity to sit down with Esther and have a chat at her kitchen table. She asked me how my drive was, and we joked that you're just never too old to try something new. And she said to me that she thought life began at 40 and then she turned 50 and was like, oh, okay, maybe life starts now, and then 60 and so on. And you know what? She said it really begins at 80. So we, with a giggle, we agreed that we're never too young or old to start again or to learn something new. And I just, what a gem. We had one of those conversations where you talk about everything and nothing, and it felt as if I could be there for 100 more years just chatting away. Um, but I do want to share a great nugget of wisdom 
from Esther, and that was to be yourself. When you are your true self, you will always attract people to your classes that want to be there. And I'm summarizing here because we were talking about teaching and building a community and finding your people, basically. And, you know, so she said, you just have to be yourself. And so she said, be you. And if people don't like it, then they can leave, you know. So instead of changing yourself, you know, you'll find your people. And to me, that meant that we don't have to get permission to be ourselves. And we also choose who we surround ourselves with. So our community is built around that idea, right? Like allowing ourselves, giving ourselves permission to just be who we are and then choosing who we're surrounding ourselves with because people, what we're putting out there will come back and those people are going to want to be in our classes, have fun with us. And, and, you know, if they don't like it, Esther says they can leave. (laughs) So before I left, um, we talked a lot about community and it, that was something that was very important to her and I. And, you know, this community became family to her, too. It's 50 years some of these people have been taking class from her. It's incredible. And so before I left, Esther gave me her book, Fit to Survive. And it includes some of the original ex- exercises. And I sheepishly showed her my manual and told her how much I admire her. And she inspired me. And and so I we also kind of... You know, we're saying our goodbyes and said that we would meet again, and I cannot wait to make my next trip out there. And my takeaways from this experience and meeting were that honoring those who came before us and recognizing how I got where I am today because of the events that happened in my life, but also who came before me. And the best advice from a woman who is more than fit to just survive, but to thrive is to be you. And when embraced, the possibilities are endless. So I just want to say thank you to Esther Fairfax for carrying on her passion and welcoming me me into her home studio to share the original work with me. Because of her mom, Lottie Burke, I am doing what I'm doing today. And you never know what ripple effect you have. And if you give the chance to share your gra- or you get the chance, I should say, if you get the chance to share your gratitude to someone that has had an impact in your life and who may be unknowing of your existence, it really is a special thing. And so I want to thank everyone for listening and sticking around for my interview next from the ladies who inspired me to make this trip to see Esther. So stay tuned for my interview with Kelly Wackerman and Pamela Kennedy. Are you a bar addict, a social butterfly, or just getting started in bar fitness? Do you want to feel good and look good during your sweat session? If the answer is yes, you must visit fitforbar.com and shop their exclusive activewear and athleisure styles designed for your bar workout and beyond. From hats to bar socks and everything in between, each piece from this female-owned boutique has been bar-tested and approved from the best in the business. And with free domestic shipping, easy returns, and a buy-now-pay-later option, fitforbar.com provides an online shopping experience fit for a bar queen. So go ahead and treat yourself to some new apparel from fitforbar.com. You deserve it. Happy shopping. Hi, listeners. Thank you for joining. And I'm here today with Kelly Wackerman and Pamela Kennedy from the London Method in Long Beach, California. 
Welcome, ladies. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having Thank us. We're happy to be here. Great. So before we, yes, I'm so happy too. I'm recording this in December and it is cold and I'm jealous of California right now. So. <laughs> it's not that great today, I have to say. Um, it's a little, but it's not 34. It's okay. not like as cold as the East Coast, but it is not definitely not a yeah. California sunny day for yeah. sure. However, Sunday it was All right, like I'll take it. I'll take 70 it. degrees or yeah, something. So it was nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I miss those days. I'm, I definitely was, um, you know, sidebar before we jump in. But when I lived out in California, I was definitely that person in my little puffy coat in 60 degree weather. I'm like, ah, oh, it's freezing. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally that person. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like my beanie, my beanie on in 70 degrees is great. <laughs> That's us. But yeah, but before we jump in, I just want to say thank you again for coming today. And I couldn't be more excited to hear and share your story. So just to give the listeners a little bit of an intro before we dive in. Kelly is a lover of movement. She is certified in Bossy Pilates. And before training under Lottie Burke's one and only daughter, Esther Fairfax, Kelly taught bar styles um I'm sorry excuse me here we go <laughs> I'm already tripping <laughs> she's done many bar style classes for many many years and Pam trains with cloud nine yoga over the last four years made a name for herself teaching free yoga on the beach a movement created to offer free yoga to the Long Beach community and its surrounding areas and Pam saw that Kelly was quickly growing out of her original space and approached her with an idea to expand into what's now the Bluff Park Studio Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, yes, that's so, a great synopsis of how we were born in Long Beach. Yeah. Yay. Well, first, I fell in love So I want to start. I want to say yes. first I fell in love with uh-huh. uh, the London Method, what Kelly was teaching. You know, it was such a great um, workout. I love the benefits and I love the ladies. And then, yeah, uh, she was teaching a lot of classes in a small little room. <laughs> and it was time gotta go and big it was time and I, I it loved time. it you know so it was, it was just it was like divine design you know how we met and then how I had the space and how it just unfolded so organically it's yes and I cannot wait to dive more into that because when it's right it's right and when everything aligns it's just it can just be so perfect yes. Um, so Pam, you can start this one. So starting from the very beginning, I want to know how you got, um, into movement and like where that all started from you. Like, were you always an active person or did that come later in life for you? Um, and by later in life, I mean, not that much later because you were young and beautiful. That's right. <laughs> young, young and vibrant. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I, you know, when I was younger. I took dance and I was, you know, I played softball and, and then in high school, I always loved, you know, like the PE back then they would have like aerobics and PE. And I remember like, <clears throat> like seeing my first little start of the six pack in like high school. And I was like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> it's really worse. It's really worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, no, so, so I was, I always liked to be active. Um, sometimes it, you know, sometimes it waned, you know, and then. I would say when I, you know, I moved back to New York, um, uh, like when I was in my early 20s, um, and then um, I found yoga when I moved back to California, and I just fell in love with yoga. Like, it was an amazing, for me, it was more about Mm -hmm. my mind, you know, shutting off my mind, 
and um, getting into my body. And I fell in love with yoga. And then I just became, you know, California is such an active state. Like the mm -hmm. lifestyle here is very different, I think, than um, a lot of other places, you know? So I fell in love with that. And then I, I, I started taking different classes and I took a class with Kelly at a studio she was working at. And it was so much fun and I loved her as a teacher. So when she started, you know, doing the TLM at our house, I went there. So, I mean, like I said, mm. I've always been active, but it has, you know, waned a little bit here and there. But um, now, now I'm doing it every day. <laughs> every now, there's day. No now there's no escaping. <laughs> you can't get out of it. I agree with you with the, the I, I fell in love with yoga in California as well. And I got, I ended up getting my training when I was out there. And there's just something different about being in the sun and the ocean. And just the vibe is, is different. Not that you can't do yoga anywhere else, but there's something magical when you're in California and just yeah, in the beach and the mountains. So great. <laughs> and I do have to say just a little interjection about Lottie Burke, you know, mm. she, yoga was the only other practice that she believed in besides ballet. So that was like her work originally was heavily influenced by yoga. I don't know. If, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know that, but I just like to say that because um, that was one of the things that that's something I, I, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. That was the that's only great. other thing yeah. that she, there was a lot of other workouts that she didn't back, but yoga was the only thing that she really, really believed in besides, you know, obviously the bar and physical therapy that she ended up inventing, but yeah, little side, mm. side yoga note. I, <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's all tying together. And Kelly, how about yourself? What, what was your beginning days of movement look like? I mean, it was kind of the same, just different sports. I mean, I used to, I played tennis. I was on like the diving team in high school. I, I just like, I liked moving. And then later in life, I just would go to the gym because I knew it was good to keep moving, but I never really loved going to the gym. It was kind of like something I had to drag myself to do. So, um, but it was always definitely like in my regimen to like move somehow. And when I, um, after I graduated college, I was actually working at a company in real estate randomly. Um, and our boss at the time on Fridays, he bought us all, um, a, class one of our tenants was a yoga was a not at yoga was a Pilates instructor or Pilates studio so we would go over there as mm -hmm. a company it was a small little company there was just nine of us and we would go take classes from this woman um, and that was the first time I had ever done Pilates I'd heard of it a lot but um, I always thought it was like for rich people <laughs> I didn't think because I was like you know, I just graduated college I was like just getting into the working world and I was like I can't afford Pilates and then she did a really, she was actually, well, a, to be fair, that was definitely the case for a long time yeah, back in the day. It was, yeah. Right. So that's yeah. kind of, I fell into believing that. And then I met this woman who she was actually a ballerina who found Pilates. And so she had, this is way before like any bar studios were popular out here on the West coast. And so she had a ballet mm -hmm. bar in her Pilates studio. And so we would do she'd do like a floor warm up with the bar and then we would go to the equipment. And I just literally like, I just, that was my initiation to it. And I ended up finding out where the woman went to school. It happened to be the um, body arts and science international, which was actually down the street from my old office. And 
I signed up immediately like to take their training course and that was really how I got into it. I had, I've all of a sudden was like, this is where I should be. I want to know everything about this. I want to learn everything I can so I can teach other people about it. So that was uh, my very first initiation to Pilates, which is how was the gateway to where we ended up today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Pam said that she took from your house. And so Kelly, when did you start taking bar classes or started getting interested in bar in general? So that's a great question because it was years actually. I I went to Pilates school and at the time when you go to school there, they obviously tell you like, don't take any other methods because we really want you to like really learn this and not get confused. So Mm -hmm. I kind of cut out all other types of exercise for years when I was teaching um, my taught mat and equipment classes. And then one of my, actually one of my clients, one of my private clients, she was like a fit model. Um, Ashley, if she ever listens to this, she's the one that told me <laughs> about um, bar. And she's like, Kelly, have you ever tried these bar classes? You would love them. And at the time there was no studios where I lived. So I used to drive up to, uh, Hermosa Beach randomly, which was probably about 45 minutes from where I lived. And then um, I would also get other 45 minutes in LA time, a little interjection there and 45 (laughs) minutes LA time is probably it's no it's unlike any other 45 minutes yeah. you'll ever and, and that was 15 miles. And that's that, a commitment yeah, that that's a only, commitment that was only if I went at yes. 6 a.m I would go to the 6 a.m classes I think everyone there yeah. thought I was crazy because I lived in Long Beach I would drive to Hermosa and I would show up at the early morning classes because that really was making it 45 minutes because if I didn't go at that time it was like an hour or more yeah. 15 yeah people need to understand the commitment that was happening no <laughs> that is dedication and drive literally <laughs> but it was Sorry, it, no it's so true and, and it really was like exactly how you're thinking of it was how um, the studio owner at the time she noticed that she was like I cannot believe how far you're driving and then what happened was I started telling my clients I was like listen Pilates is awesome but if you mix it with these bar exercises it's the most perfect workout so I had a lot of my clients driving up there to take classes as well so we were all going up there and they were like, who are you? How are you getting all these people to do it? And I'm like, cause it's really, I fell in love with, with Barb, um, you know, pretty as fast as I did Pilates. Like I just, there was something about it. that was really attractive to me. I liked that it was Pilates wasn't really done to music. And I liked that bar was done to music cause I was really into music. So I liked being able to move to that. And that was part planning your playlist and everything. I really loved like, that part of it and that for me was a little bit missing from my Pilates teachings so Mm -hmm. so um and then yeah it was actually uh if I'm allowed a bar method studio that I used to go to up in Hermosa Beach is where I first was introduced to bar so yeah you can you can totally totally allowed it's I mean there's so many there's so many methods right and I mean my big stance is that there's plenty of room at the bar right there's room for all of us and what's special about us is why our students come to us. Right. So it's, we're just sharing. Yeah. Sharing what we love. And I do, right. I do, and Pilates. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go no, on. I just, there's something about that. I just had to say, because, you know, I came from Pilates, which was very open and we all took each other's classes. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I always said, and this has been like a thing at the London method that we stay true to is, you know, when I was a bar teacher, I left Pilates and ended up ultimately only teaching bar. And when I would go to other studios, you know, they would not let you take if they found out you were a bar teacher. And I never really, 
I get what the, the thinking is behind it. But yeah. at the same time, I was like, I do this for a living because I love it. And that's why when I, when I travel yeah. a lot and I always like to take classes where I go. And so one of the things with our studio is we welcome all teachers of all types of bar of all t- anything. Like if you're a bar teacher, don't be scared to tell us. We love it. We, we want you to know about the work we're teaching because for me, I really never knew, um, and this is getting into our story a little bit more, but I never really knew that mm-hmm. the original work was um, different from what I had been taught. So once I found that out, I just felt like our company policy is to share it with as many people as possible because we want everyone who loves bar to find out about the original work. It's really, in, it was really something that I felt like I was cheated out of once I found it. I was like, wait, what? What is this? I've never seen this before. So um so yeah. we're on a mission to share honestly that's our that's one of our things um I and that's something I wanted to, and I agree with you with the Pilates community there's so many different styles and you know I have a method you have a method every everyone has their own method happening and something in Pilates that has moved to a place where it's the foundation and I want to like applaud you guys for honoring that original method and I appreciate and respect learning the classics in order to understand like a modern take mm-hmm. and you know as a dancer and a Pilates teacher it's been very true in my own career right so I was a modern dancer but I took ballet I had to take ballet and I felt it was I had to because it was only going to make my modern dancing better and same with Pilates I'm a classical Pilates teacher but I don't always teach the, the classical order you know so but it's informed by those principles and a foundation and I just truly believe that you you have to know where something comes from in order to expand off of an idea or a movement or whatever and I just I really am so happy that I found you guys and that that is your platform like sharing the original Lottie Burke method I think it's it's pretty amazing I, I, no, I, <laughs> I, I love I love that you get that because that's I mean that's exactly what we tell everyone who goes through our trainings is like listen bar has you know, it's amazing how widely vast it's expanded, but like these exercises came from a place that was, that, that no one really knew, you know, about, because I had to fly Mm -hmm. to England, travel to a countryside town that no one's ever heard of to discover Lottie's (laughs) daughter, who was really just doing it because it worked for her. It worked for clients. Some of the ladies she's been teaching I've been doing it for 50 years or more and they just it was the strongest fittest most flexible group of women I've ever seen in my life and they were all hidden in this little countryside town and I was like I felt like I discovered like a <laughs> like this hidden secret and I was like oh my gosh like they were all had these stories of healing and and that's another thing that I want to make sure people know about Lottie Burke is that when she started this you know it was done very similar to Joseph Pilates and that she did it to heal her body. She had a back injury. And so she worked with a, a back doctor and mixed physical therapy exercises with her ballet work in order to, to create what ended up healing her and then started healing other people. Her first studio was called like rehabilitation. That's the name rehabilitation was in, it wasn't called bar. It wasn't called Mm -hmm. anything like that. So that part of it, I saw that firsthand happening with those people in England. And then when we brought it here and like Pam was saying, she's come to my house the very first thing people would say is, oh my gosh, I don't have to go to the chiropractor anymore. Cause you know, a lot of people in our society have back problems. Well, the back healing is worked. It's built into the work. So I didn't expect so many people to be healed from it just from doing, we don't, you know, the original work doesn't Mm -hmm. use 
any equipment. It's just straight, you know, stretching work, using the bodily bar for leverage and support. And these people were just like amazed at how better their bodies felt, especially their backs. And that was, that was kind of even a surprise for me because in the beginning, you know, Pilates to me healed a lot of people. Bar was awesome, but I definitely saw more healing aspects in, in Pilates than I did bar. Um, not to say that ever, people didn't get healed. They did, but it was, it hasn't been so much known for that to me as Pilates has. And I really feel like sharing Lottie's original work can show people that it's very therapeutic and very, um, it's very healing. And I don't know, it's just like one of the things that I hope that comes across, you know, in time when people start to learn about it. Absolutely. And I definitely think you're doing the good work on that. And maybe Pam, you could actually expand on this, um, as a yoga teacher, um, you know, and the different styles of yoga that have cropped up to kind of fit in. I don't want to say fads. Like I love myself some hot yoga and stuff like that. And, but maybe you can expand upon, um, just kind of like the different styles of yoga as well, then how maybe these trends kind of, I don't know, move away from the original intentions. And I don't know if you want to maybe comment on some of that kind of stuff. To be honest, I am so like, I stuff with just such like basic yogas, you know what I'm saying? Like I love Hatha yoga. I never got into it sounds crazy, but I've never taken one hot yoga class. Like literally, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm old school, you know, like flow. Um, I've been, you mm-hmm. know, I've been doing some Kundalini, which I really enjoy. Um, but yeah, I mean, with, with anything, there's, there's, um, the, you know, someone gets real creative and designs something, you know, and not that it's bad mm-hmm. or good, but for me, um, my, my thing with yoga was, it was never so much about um, being physically in shape. It was more of a spiritual and a, an emotional um, benefit that I got from it. So mm-hmm. that's what I was always trying to, you know, I wasn't like, how, how many like pounds can I sweat out? You know, it was never about, right. that. it was always about you know, how do I feel during or after class? You know, do I, have I calmed my mind, you know? Yeah, it's true. And I mean, the asana practice came from a place where you were preparing for meditation. So you could sit for long periods of time without being in pain. I mean, building your body so your mind could be at rest. Yes. Which all, you know, Pilates, bar, like all of this stuff, it's, I think the further along we get into these things, the more we realize they're very, very similar and it's movement and it's movement to heal the body, heal the mind. And um, yeah, I love, I love that discovery that you made with Esther. And I love the discovery that you made within Lottie's method that it was about not just looking good, but feeling good and having these, this aspect of rehab and, like being better and that's (laughs) that's one of the things that I found when I started taking Kelly's uh class was that um I mean I wasn't like killing myself like working out like you know some people uh some people love like that like sweat and like real hardcore um workout but anyway I felt good doing the class 
I noticed a change in my body. Like I said, I was never searching for this change, but I noticed I got stronger and um, I'd have to say my legs and my buns looked really good. (laughs) And then, but my my favorite part (laughs) was like, I met all these great ladies. Like, so, cause you were able to talk in class. So that for me, like, was probably the number one thing. It was like this kind of a community that started and God mm. bless. We still have that community Perfect. in our, in our studio in Long Beach. When we opened it up, like we've got some amazing women and um, we all chit chat. And uh, so that, I definitely, great. that is something I want to talk about with you guys. Cause I, you know, I was listening to the podcast that you send me the climbing the ladder and heels and, um, Kelly was talking about starting class in a circle and the allowance of talking. And now I know that may sound shocking to people, but I got so excited when I heard that. I mean, I was like, yes, yes, yes. And I've, um, I've taught bar classes like this before where there weren't any mirrors and a way to kind of bring the class together and to connect and to follow each other was to come into a circle. The room was a big odd shape. And if we were in a circle, the class just went that much smoother and, um, and also being a dance teacher for many years, I start all my classes in a circle, whether we're there for like one minute to check in, say, hey, how's everybody doing? It's a place of coming together and a place of sharing. Um, and I just want you guys to elaborate more about the circle in class. And then um, after that, we can kind of go into the talking. As yeah, well. I mean, the circle for me was so odd because I, I just had never seen that. It was always like the teachers at the front. A lot of times you're wearing your headset with your microphone and then everyone's just in formation following everything you do. You know, the studio I used to work at, there was a sign on the door that said like no talking in class. And even if people did a side chat, you'd have to stop them. So there was a lot of like stopping that talking, but the circle Mm. is kind of like, I feel like it just, just even starting in that formation and having people look at each other just opens them up to like saying things that maybe they wouldn't feel comfortable saying. It's a very, um, it's just a very, like, we're all one type of mentality. When you start in a circle, they, they feel comfortable when you force them to like, look at one another, they feel unified. I just, I can't even tell you how different it is from, from not starting in a circle from all the other classes I've taught before. So that was just, you know, and in England, that's just how she did it. And I just thought, you know, being an outsider, I thought that was so odd. I was like, wow, you start in a circle. It was so, and even today when people come from like somewhere else, another method and they haven't taken it before, they just almost are uncomfortable at first. They're like, wait, what? We have to face everyone. We have to start. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then in, in two seconds, they're comfortable because all the ladies make them feel comfortable, but it's just, it's so. It's instant. instant inclusivity and what you I kind of want to go back to what you said before about going to other studios and being asked if you're an instructor or being turned away if you top bar and that was definitely my experience when I first started bar almost 10 years ago as well and I actually stopped taking bar classes because I knew I wanted to create my own program and I didn't want anyone to excuse like accuse me of stealing or like taking and it was really it was, I just, I put a really bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to be like that. I take Pilates and I take from so many teachers. I take yoga and I take from so dance classes from so many teachers and to be told like to be looked up number one, to be like Google searched and then <laughs> to be turned away. I was like, 
horrified. So I know I, I had just I had, simple. Yeah, I, mean, I know I had gotten. I remember I went to a studio one time, and they were so nice to me when I was there. And then they found they researched me, and then they called me up and said, "Don't come to our studio again." And I was like, I was like, "Wow!" I was like, I "It's just, yeah." I, you know that that happens. I mean, every bar teacher has that story, and it's just like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a Pilates instructor, there was this one instructor she's amazing she teaches in Costa Mesa near where we we, where I was working and so when I first started teaching it was like known that you all went to her noon classes because she was like this Mm -hmm. amazing instructor and her class was always filled with teachers and we all were inspired by her and she took it as like an honor an honor that all these teachers and and to me that's how I feel I'm like when other people of other methods want to come and learn the original work it's like we we so welcome our doors to you because thank you for caring enough about the work to find out where it all started and where it came from you know so for me it's a compliment it's not a threat I feel like we welcome it and I'm just and and you doing it is awesome and I feel like the more of us that do that the better it will be for the industry Mm. so yes more power absolutely absolutely well just like repeat that if I had like a mixer I'd like mix that like that like like, remember those old like YouTube videos like you know like the repeat like techno song like on YouTube (laughs) maybe I'm like aging my dorky self but (laughs) yeah and then I want to talk about the talking too like I am so for that and I I want people to find connections inside and out while they're in the classroom and sometimes that means talking about movement and maybe even about life and to me it's all connected like I have some private clients specifically that they don't want to really know what they're doing and I know it's about the mind-body connection but sometimes they want to talk about Netflix and if that's going to power them through the squats and the lunges and the stuff they hate because they're trying to make it enjoyable for themselves. That's what gets them moving. I'm okay with exactly. that. And when it's a group class, I I love when my students like ask each other, mm-hmm. you know, oh hey, how was your weekend? Or in the middle of class, like they t- they just have little comments to each other, or have a convert like a little conversation, not to the point of distraction where it's like a tea party, mm-hmm. but I I encourage that as well. And I, like when I heard that, I was like, yes. We're, there's other people out there. No, I mean, it, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. remember if I talked about this before, but we basically, so we have our little studio, right? And it's just, um, we don't take mm-hmm. more than 10 in a class. So it's small. So we have those people connecting all the time. And um, we've learned about to our clients, like what they do for a living or what they're, they all know each other really well. So our clients who have amazing products that they have little companies that they've started. We actually have an entire space mm-hmm. now next door to our studio that we opened dedicated to like local Vendor. products, yeah. vendors. So we have um, well, there's mm. a girl that works at our local restaurant who makes these amazing like soy candles that we, we burn at our studio. And so we sell her candles there. There's another girl who makes this beautiful jewelry, handmade jewelry in town. And she's blowing up right now, like selling her stuff in LA, but we have her stuff in our studio we have these two of our clients went into business together and became, they're like Korean skincare specialists. So we're all masking, like literally when people are like, 
wow, you mm-hmm. look so good. I'm like, well, it's because I have like a group of women telling me what's the best <laughs> stuff to use. I have the best like, hair shampoo. I have the best like hair product, face products because we all talk about it. Like it's not just, and that is exactly what you're talking about is like a lot of them, the work is there and it's so hard and it's so difficult. So to be able to like kind of think about or learn about other things while you're getting something done has been like the best thing. It makes them want to come every day mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah, I'm, not only am I getting into to be the best shape of my life, but I get to learn about all these other fantastic products that the girls are telling me about. So we literally have an entire space dedicated to, to these businesses now. And it's kind of our little sanctuary. We, we love it. So that just has been an expansion of what we're doing. Um, instead of busting out the wall and making our studio bigger, we're like, nope, we want to keep the classes small and we want to like encourage the community that's been created. So we literally now have a space where they can like, hang out after class and have coffee and um, we have, yeah, we have a coffee machine in there for them, tea, whatever they want. And they get to just hang out. Sometimes the girls will make some food and we'll put it on a tray and label what it is. And they all get to try it. It's like the most amazing, I have to say it's, that's been like, I know that's That's so amazing. It is. And that's one of, I know Pam is a, she's so mindful about just life in general and feeling. And she's, that's like her, huge part of it is that she just saw that right away and was like, let's expand on this. Cause it's really kind of been a, an amazing thing that our clients just, I mean, that's really very unique is what they all say. Like they've not felt that energy. Super. Unique. Yeah. That's super, super unique. And Pam, you could probably like you were a student of Kelly's you were in her home. You've seen her expand into the studio and talk a little bit more about, um, thinking about expansion in a way that is clearly not about number of students, yeah, but maybe expanding in a different way. Could you talk about that a little bit? <sighs> yeah. I mean, that's a deep question there. <laughs> it's a deep one. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> right, not sorry. Well, really, really interesting is that, you know, Kelly and I, um, you know, we were, uh, we were acquaintances when I first started taking class, like we had gone to lunch together, but we weren't like super tight, like how you would, uh, expect, um, partners to be, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. we, it, and we met and it was more, it was great. So it was like, a it was more of an intuitive thing, you know, like we liked each other right off the bat, you know, we trusted each other. Um, and the other thing is we went into this with neither of us had a business background, Mm -hmm. you know, so we knew about fitness. We knew about like, you know, socializing, (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I knew about like making friends and that community and stuff, but me and Kelly went like blind into this, like, okay, here we go, you know? So this the last three years have been such an amazing journey in many ways we've expanded, you know, like just what we've learned, you know, business-wise through the ups and downs and mistakes and, you know, like it's, it's kind of amazing. And then our, and also our friendship has grown, you know, like in the beginning we were mm-hmm. like hesitant we were like friends and there were business partners and you know like now we're we're best friends mm-hmm. you know and 
Um, so, so many things have expanded, you know, and, and our circle, it's great, our yeah. circle of, of women, like our community, I'm always amazed at the new people that come in and stay, you know, it's like, because, you know, mm. maybe some people come in, they don't like, and they don't like the talking, you know, or they don't like mm-hmm. that, you know, we're not pounding it out super hard or something, but the people that stay always add to our little family. Like, it's so amazing. Mm. So it's really expanded mm. my, like, extended family, I would say, too. That's so great. I mean, it because, you know, some sometimes when you get down the business road, it's about scaling up or how to have more people in class or more employees or more like it's always more 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 and the abundance is not just about the monetization but about the connections and the community and you know the way that your story like unfolds or it seems to be unfolding feels as if you guys are both like exactly in the right place and I just want to know a little bit more about like kind of the why behind your teaching or like the why behind what you do and also like the moments like when you know that you're right in alignment so when you make decisions or things happen like you just sometimes you know people yeah. call them signs or like I there's certain times like I'll teach class everyone walks in in the same color scheme mm-hmm. and I'm like today yeah. is gonna be a good day <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's one of my signs yeah, no. <laughs> on a basic level but it's, no it's no it's and color it's so funny but it seems ridiculous but when we first, so when, when we were first doing this, or I was still teaching it out of the house, I was teaching like 25 classes a week by myself. I was the only one that knew the method at the time. So the girls were, you know, coming to class. They were literally did no marketing. It was just a post on Facebook. I said, Hey, if anyone wants to try this, come, come find me and I'll tell you where to go. And I sent them to my house. And basically within months they were all going to barbecues. It was like summertime and they were running into their friends and literally friends were like, what are you doing? Cause I can like see, cause you, you, the results in the middle of the body, because it was a core conditioning. It's a core conditioning class really mm-hmm. is what it is, is that your waist really starts to pull in pretty dramatically fast, which is kind of crazy, but people, you actually start to slenderize mm-hmm. pretty quickly in your middle. And so people would mm-hmm. notice and their friends would be like, what are you doing? And they said, I don't know. I'm just going to this girl's house. She calls it the London method. <laughs> And I'm doing this and this, this is happening to me. And so that's literally how in five months I couldn't handle the business because every class was waitlisted and I was by myself. Mm-hmm. And so Pam comes to me and she mm-hmm. says, Kelly, I can see this is like way bigger than what you're able to do here at your home. I have this space. Can you come see it? Because I love what you're doing. I want to talk about doing it with you. And she takes me to this space. And at the time I had already like kind of decided on the branding and what the, what the London method was going to be. I had this amazing woman, um, Daniela come up with the color scheme of it. And it was that blush, which mm-hmm. is our accent color, um, with all the neutrals. And we walk into this space and it's, it was like an old antique studio, I guess. And the entire, the entire space is that blush color, the whole space. Uh, yeah. And I was like, you're like, yeah, done. I was like, okay, <laughs> like I just, at first I was like business partner. I don't know. Like, I don't know what, you know, it was like a little, I had some scary run-ins from other people before this had all happened. And it was like seeing that color on all the walls and like knowing Pam and feeling like she was just the right person to do it with. It was like, okay, when are we get? let's do it. Like I was literally like that fast. I was like, and then all the doors yeah. since then have like, opened pretty quickly to what we were supposed to do next and to answer your I don't know if you were asking about like expansion on the method Mm -hmm. earlier 
you're talking about our friendships and the people that are doing it. But basically, mm-hmm. you know, we, our mission is to get this out to as many people as possible. Like I believe personally, like every female or even men, we're trying to figure out how to incorporate them in, but we do Kegels in class and it is very like female based. <laughs> the, the comfortability of the yeah. women around each other has made it to be sort of like, you know, all the guys in our town are like, why, what about our core? Why can't we come? And I do think men can do this and obviously benefit from it. But our, our thing is like, I feel like every person should know about this work and do it so like for me my brain is thinking how do we get this to as many people as possible you know even I think like gyms should know about it like I think people who do like more traditional or more old school or whatever I guess what you call it like the weightlifting. I feel like those people should know about mm-hmm. the work that, like I feel like how do we get this out to as many people as possible and get the trainings out so that like people can understand where it's coming from so that when they do other movements they'll be like oh I know this from that it's like the basis for movement is how I feel so Mm -hmm. and you probably feel the same knowing what you do about these core exercises is it's really key that like every type of mover you know I want I have kids Mm -hmm. I have eight-year-old twins I taught it to their class last year I was in their classroom like having them all do the work and they were they were like oh my gosh, this is so hard and we're not even moving. And I'm like, yeah, let's learn Let's yeah. learn about this at all ages, the young and the old, and show people that like you can live in your bodies and feel good and be happy and not like hurt yourselves. You know, it's pre- very preventative. So Yeah, you, and, and especially for kids too, like teaching. I taught ballet for many years and I would do bar. I would do Pilates with them and – the gaining control and core strength and stability and flexibility is so important to not just physically be able to control your body, but to feel good in it and to be able to put yourself out in the world, especially as a teenage girl and feel confident and feel grounded and feel safe and feel like there's so much behind that movement and building that physical strength in order to gain some mental strength as well. And and clarity and just feel like you have control over something and even just your movement of walking down the street. Maybe you're not so clumsy that day, or, you know, you can do the things you want to do with grace and whatever. And I just think it's, I think that's great. Like getting kids involved, just every, I agree with you. It's like, everyone should know how to do these things. Yeah, I know. What you bring up about teenage girls is key. Cause I think, you know, if I had known about this when I was like a teenage girl, I wouldn't have made Mm. so many steps that I did in fitness. Like I, I wouldn't have, I want people to like understand, like, listen, if you know where the movement's coming from, then you can do any type of exercise or any type of sport and be self-aware of like what's okay and what's not, you know, because I think there's so many ways to go out in the world and get exercise in where you're not necessarily doing your body a good thing, you know, but you think you are because you're feeling like it's really working, but we need to start understanding like this is a way to make our body feel better and not look better because some people think if they're feeling like it's working, then they're going to start looking better. And then they, a lot of times don't even get those results. Right. So it's like, let's start teaching Mm -hmm. people, like go inside, figure out, okay, if I want to move my leg, that tiny little bit, where is that coming from? And then feel it. And then you can do bigger movements in another way, if that's your thing, but you'll know like, okay, this is a safe way to do it. It's really what I think is key and why I feel like we want to get this out to as many people that can um, 
find it, you know, and do it. So it's really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Pam, maybe you can chime in of kind of like the why behind like your teaching and then like those moments when you know you're in exactly the right place. Um, I love when everyone's in sync. (laughs) (laughs) I like die. I always think when everyone's doing like, we'll float our, you know, our, we'll walk our arms when we're, you know, laying down or whatever. And I think, oh my gosh, everyone looks so fantastic. (laughs) I go, all right, you're all in the recital. (laughs) Yeah, you've made it. You've made it. it (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Those, Those little things are just, I don't know, you know, sometimes, you know, there's just that energy, that little buzz in the room, you know, and everyone mm-hmm. just, you could tell everyone feels good. Everyone's feeling it. Maybe the music's, you know, because sometimes, I, you know, I like to like look and see who's in a classroom before I pick a playlist sometimes, you know, to see like, all right, what's mm-hmm. going to jive with everyone. Um, sometimes you, sometimes you hit the mark, sometimes you don't. <laughs> But that helps too, you know, knowing the music's good. You know, a lot of people compliment you on your music or whatever. Um, yeah, there's that certain feeling when you know the class is, the class is rolling, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, being a dancer. I... Yeah. And well, and I mean, <laughs> you don't always have the same taste as everybody. And I think that's something that can drive bar teachers insane. Like, yeah slave over this playlist that you're like I've worked so hard for and then someone makes a comment or they really get into it so it can feel like a make or break moment I I do have to say something you know when I first started teaching bar I was so concerned because I had a yoga background and I just was so like Kelly used to be like Pam you've got to speak up Pam you've got like talk louder, Pam, be a little more mm. bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and I, Cause I was just really kind of mellow. <laughs> like, so, you know, when I first, I really, I have to say I struggled, you know, I struggled with the confidence um, and feeling comfortable up there. And I would always compare myself to other teachers. Like I'd be like, Oh God, mm. they're so good. They have such great music and I'm never going to. And I realized like you just be you and you know what I'm saying? And, mm. and you make your playlist and certain, certain students love you, you know, there's a, there's a teacher for everyone, you know? So you don't have to replicate who you think is like the best teacher. You just be you, you use your best cue, you know, cues, you throw your jokes mm-hmm. in, you know, you, you do it your mm-hmm. way. You, you let your personality shine and then you attract the people that you know attract you connect with you Pam you are on my wavelength that was my next question about giving advice for new teachers and it's just perfect what you said Mm -hmm. and I kind of like do the field of dreams quote like if you build it they will come like you are truly in your behind you know your alignment and you know why you're teaching and the vision you have and the mission you're going for people are going to take your class and not everybody's going to like it, which is okay. Mm -hmm. But the moment you try to like adjust your, your voice or your true voice, I mean, you can always be a little louder. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. Sometimes (laughs) I'm I'm a mumbler. (laughs) I'm definitely a mumbler. And I was like, I'm sorry, eight more. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But 
as soon as you try to really change, and I do tell some of my new trainees, like, you know, the first step is like, write your script, imitate what you hear, and you'll soon find out what works for you and what doesn't. As soon as you get that, I don't like that word coming out of my mouth or that kind of cue or doesn't resonate with me. That's when you start really developing your own voice. And as soon as you have that voice, like you have to just let it shine, 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 because it's, it's only going to make your work better. And the people coming to you find those connections and feel the community and feel the welcoming and, and then they're able to do the moves in a way of, with confidence and keep coming back. And the bonus is, is there and the results of moving, yes. you know? So. Yeah, no, it's, it's so good. It's really, it's really true. I think with all of our teachers and that's one of the things that our studio that I found to be the biggest compliment is, you know, when I worked at other places, it was like, Oh, if somebody was subbing, they would like walk out and there was all this like, Oh, I want the teacher Mm -hmm. that I want. And with this technique, Mm -hmm. we really try and teach all of our trainees. Like this is the method. These are the exercises and these are the things that are going to help them get through the work, but you are you and you need to show your personality so that people connect with who you are. You don't want to try and be like anyone else you've seen because it's not going to be authentic. So it's like, we let them find their voice. We tell them which, which songs we feel work best for each section. But in the end, we want them mm-hmm. to make their playlist. Cause like the one thing I can tell is if I walk into a studio and I go take a class. I can tell you in two songs if that's that girl's playlist or if it's a studio playlist that somebody else is making her teach to. I can mm. tell because I'm like, they're not mm. feeling like this is their thing. They're feeling like they're teaching someone else's stuff. And and so we really like to help people like become who the teacher is that they're going to, the, the people are going to be attracted to. And that's really just letting their personalities out, you know? Um, so our our clients say like, we don't care who's teaching. We love all the teachers. And I really think that's because we've let them all kind of be themselves. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. really what we, we also have decided in general with the technique is like, listen, we're going to host these trainings and we're going to teach the class to people. And then they get to take it and teach it to where they live or to where they want, or if they want to create a studio, fine. They get to take the original class to where they teach and they get to say they were trained by the London method. But in the end we want, people to find their own way with it and give them the tools to make that happen, but not be too like, you have to do it this way, you know, because Uh, for us, we we thrive on being able to make the calls ourselves on how we want our studio ran, you know, and, and, and also another thing is we love the way our studio is and we don't know that somebody else would do another studio the way that we want it done. And we don't want to be dictators. So we're like, listen, let's give the workout to people like give the work to them. Mm-hmm. And then these are the exercises. This is where it came from. Here's the original class. Now, you know, we have other Pilates studios that are now able to teach the classes. And so that was kind of like you asked us earlier, like, how did you know? We knew that that was the right way for us because that felt like the way to get it out there, the way that we would want it out there. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how we developed our yeah. business, our, our company. And that sharing, I mean, it's, I feel a hundred percent the same way. You know, I, I created a method, I wrote a book so everybody can buy it. And I believe that the more training you have, the more experiences you have, the better you are as a teacher and giving up that control. I was, you know, years ago was involved with a licensing program that I had. And 
it just never sat well. It was like controlling what I, I was like, I can't control what these people are going to do. Okay. They are going to take my training and do whatever they want with it. So instead of worrying about that, how can I support the people taking my training? And, you know, this is why I do the coaching because no, a one day training is not going to make you into an all-star teacher, mm-hmm. but what it's going to do is going to set a foundation. So you can then learn more, grow more and have the tools that you you need to be able to do that. And sometimes it's just starting yeah, you're with giving them, exercises you're giving them and a, a method and a foundation. Yeah, you absolutely. You and I, I just, it's great. I, yeah, I love, I love, love what you're doing. And this kind of ties in. So I do a little segment called Heard at the Bar. And, you know, as two bar bosses, what is something that you've heard said about bar that you either know to be true or something that surprised you to be untrue? So like, for example, I re- was recently with a family, like, get together. It was a birthday. And someone asked about bar. And another family member said, like, oh, like ballet. And my answer was, yes but no, no. <laughs> and then I had to like proceed to explain. So is there anything that has come up for you? And Pam, maybe as a student first, like not, you know, being introduced to Kelly, like what is something that you was kind of floating around bar that you were like, Oh, that's definitely true. Or something that you'd like to debunk a little bit. I'd like to debunk, like sometimes I'll bring it up to girlfriends if they, you know, or friends that haven't taken the class yet. And they will Oh, I can't do that. I never, I've never done ballet before. Never been a dancer. Yeah, I've never been a dancer, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So to me, that's something that, you know, you do not have to have a dance background. Or coordination. That's the one thing people, oh, I can't do that. I'm not coordinated. Actually, I'm not coordinated either. I've like walked out of kickboxing classes. So I, (laughs) I, that is not, it's not about coordination. It's very small controlled movements. Um, and so that's definitely been a misnomer, right? That it's, you have to be coordinated. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a dancer and to put me in a step, like aerobics class, forget <laughs> it. Put me in a Zumba class. Like I am a fool in the back and I'm a professional dancer. Like you, no, no, no. It is all relative. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah. Those are two big things you hear all the time. Like the ballet and coordination Kelly is like perfect. Gets even deeper into that. And it's, or flexible you don't need to be flexible so there's so many those are perfect examples um but I do have one more little game for you guys before we kind of sign off here um and it's called what's in your bar b-a-r and right now my personal bar consists of a lot of green tea or you know matcha if I'm feeling really fancy and of course the cliche rosé which I'm totally okay with the cliche and just like all bar slogans like the rosé all day is I love it. I can't get enough of it. And <laughs> just like a little quick aside, I do believe somebody out there and they're going to have to email me. I've seen a shirt that says Rose plie all day. Rose and I'm like, I need that. I need that for this. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know what's stocked in your either tea, coffee, juice, or wine spirits bar. What do you got going on? Um, for me, everything I drink has a purpose. So it's coffee for the caffeine, um, wine for the wine down and water to hydrate <laughs> just three things oh no I do and I do perfect love green juice. so then green juice is also for the healthy aspects so those are like the four things that um that I find myself drinking I do like actually you brought up rosé I did recently have a um, a rosé cider have you tried that it was kind of amazing no yeah it was um Ooh. it was it, at my kids like there's like a local 
glow zone it's called where they get to like bowl and play miniature golf and do all these things inside but they also have like a little bar so we had a rosé uh cider there because I've never heard of that and that was amazing so I'd say those those things and for our little Pam here uh I would also say coffee water and green juice yeah (laughs) she always has her green juice every day Yep, and I love, love yeah, it. Those are the three things that I drink. I mean, I'm drinking a little bit more tea nowadays, but those three things are my go-tos. We go, we we're going to see Esther again in uh, January. We're having a little trip out there, and so we will be having. Oh, when are you going to be there? We're, we're actually we're booking our trip right now, so it's like looking like um yeah, like right smack in the middle of January. So. Oh, we'll be passing each other in the sky. I'm going at the end of January, oh. so you'll have to are you, keep me. Are you going to on London or? Um, I I am. I'm not sure what days yet. My sister, I'm. I can edit this out too, but <laughs> if everyone wants to hear our aside, but um, my sister lives in the UK, so I'm going to visit my nieces. I'm leaving at at the end of January into beginning of February, um, but it'll be in London just to kind of take classes and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you'll have to let us know what classes you take in London because we, last time I was there, I took some, but um, yeah, we'll have to have a side conversation about that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, and I mean, just you're also like before we kind of sign off to be just keeping Lottie Burke's legacy alive and connecting with Esther and reigniting her story and her work of keeping her mother's legacy alive it, um, is super important. I, and I just want to thank you again for sharing that. And um, I love that you're going to be able to go see her. And are you guys both going? Yeah. Yeah. We're both going. Um, Amazing. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're both going. We have some things in the works with her. So we've, Pam's been three okay. times. This will be her third time this year. I sat one out and then we're both Amazing. going again. Um, so actually it's next year. So you only went twice. Cause I was like, Oh my God, Pam, you went three times this year. <laughs> no, um, It's technically next year. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's literally become, um, you know, since reading her book and, and ta- getting to know her, like she's become, we talk to her, we have Saturday phone calls with her all the time. We're just, she's literally become somebody that I consider to be like part of the family. So I, I just, uh, we're mm-hmm. always, brainstorming with her different ways and she's she loves that the telling the story she loves that we're trying to help her revive it because um you know there's things that she she's not big on like getting out there so the only reason why we found her was because her web her son put her a website up for her otherwise you know she wrote the book but it was really hard to get I couldn't even get a copy when it first came out so um she's very has been hard to reach so the fact that we're making it more available we've done you know videos with her we've done lives with her which she just thought was amazing that people could ask her questions in real time like she's just she loves being on camera so we're trying to you know just do as much with her as we can so that's her yeah great she's an awesome amazing well so cool amazing thank you kelly and pamela for joining me today and sharing your story with all of us and can you just tell the listeners where they can find and follow you and anything coming up for the London method that we should uh, stay tuned. Yes, to. they can. Our website is the London method.net. So it's .net. Um, 
we all of our handles are the London Method on Instagram, the London Method on Twitter, the London Method on Facebook. And Facebook and Instagram, we're really active on those more. Instagram, I feel like, is the best way to stay updated with what we're doing. Mm. Um, we are going to have our next training in, in March. I think we haven't set, solidified the dates. But if they go to the website, they can see everything that we're doing um on there and it's all they can apply if they ever want to learn about the original work on our website so our website we just redid it we're very excited and it's very interactive so you can uh reach out to us on there is that it yeah amazing thank you Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you'd like to write into the podcast, send an email to info at barvariations.com. You can follow us all over social media at Bar Variations. You can also visit the website at www.barvariations.com, where you will find show notes, archive episodes, and more. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.